Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. We go to the floor of the State House yesterday for what's called CACR 32. That's what they call a cons- uh, proposed cons- constitutional amendment here in New Hampshire. So it has to get 60% of the State House and 60% of the State Senate in order for it to go onto the ballot. It did not even come close. I <laughs> uh, got about not even 4%, about 3.8% of the uh, the total number of people that were there in the chamber yesterday. And the, uh, by the way, the the hand wringing and the reeing and the freaking out on social media has been pretty exquisite after this. So many of the <laughs> Democrats uh, have been just calling for the heads of the 13 heroes who voted for this piece of legislation. Yeah, you know, you know, it's it's kind of funny. They've been freaking out just in general about you know free staters and oh yeah, big time. It's it's kind of interesting because in in some respects they're kind of right and it's. In that we're not okay. We don't obviously have control over the state house. I think this this uh, no, not even close. This, this particular amendment shows that, but they're freaking out as if we do, and they seem to be saying we do. And it's just, I think this just demonstrates that we don't. But what this does demonstrate is something uh, that is. Mm, it demonstrates that effectively we are gaining ground. Uh, you know, a couple yeah. of years ago, we never would have been able to get one rep, let alone 13 reps, to go get on board with this. Company. Yeah, that's true. So it's massive. Brody Deshays is the tool, the uh, the young guy that they put out in front here to represent the state, to represent the uh, the union, to pimp the, you know, to to intimidate or to attempt to threaten, in some cases, the state representatives into doing his bidding and the union's bidding, which is to say not allow the people of New Hampshire to vote on this question. That's ultimately what these reps did, was they denied the people the right to vote. I would think that even, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure, and I'm firmly in the let's get divorced camp, Mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure that the vote would not... um, that we would not get a majority on our side, even if the vote were to occur. So I I've got to yeah. wonder, mm. what are they afraid of? Are they just afraid of finding out what that number is? Yes, I, I suspect that they are, because... It, we, because I also think that number is much higher than people think. I, yes. I, I think the reason, you know, I think part of the reason that they're scared is because they actually realize that there's a lot more support for this than, uh, you know, they... they they want to admit basically either that or they're afraid that there's more support than they want to admit they, they, mm. we don't really know the most recent study that was done looked they do at, a lot of polling though so i would guess that they have at least a clue well that's what i was going to say is oh, there was a study that was done i think it was 2021 or 2020 fairly recent where they looked at uh the question was essentially if your state were to secede and join a union of nearby states would you support that? So it wasn't pure secession. Yeah. It was secession with a new union. Sure. But mm-hmm. so like New England would have its own union and then, you know, the, the West would have its own union or the Southeast, that kind of thing. I think the first step should be for our state to pass a constitutional amendment saying that if any state should secede from the union, we will do everything in our power to prevent the federal government 
from going to war with that state, mm-hmm. including refusing to send our National Guard to fight our former countrymen. And I think we should push that amendment in every state where it has even a chance of passing. Maybe where it, maybe even where it doesn't have a, a chance of pa- passing, but get as many states as possible on that. We won't hmm. go to war to keep other states in I mean, the union. One of, one of the problems I think with that is it's a complicated message. It's hard to, uh, you know, it, you know. One of the things I liked about the, this constitutional amendment was it was short and simple, and yeah. there was nothing to get confused about. That it's twelve is confusing. words. Um, we won't go to war to keep other states in the union. I, I still think <laughs> I still think it's I still think it's a more confusing message uh then you know independence well there right? are, the good news is there's already a bill uh that somebody put forward this session in the new hampshire state house that mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's passed or not i don't recall the status of it but the proposed legislation would prohibit the state or would prohibit the national guard from being able to be called up by the federal government unless there's a declaration of war well, you know, the Ukrainians are doing well uh, in, in many ways, uh, you know, compared, compared to what was expected. So it's kind of a repeat of the Finnish war of 1939, where the Russians go in, they think they're going to have a cakewalk, and the Finns, the Finns just eviscerated the Russians uh, in 1939. And that's kind of what the Ukrainians are doing. Uh, and it gives them the opportunity, the Ukrainians could act unilaterally at this point uh, from this you know, kind of a position of strength that they have uh, in, in many ways. So uh, and and any any side in this war could act unilaterally. Uh, for for example, Ukraine could uh, basically just make a small ameliorative gesture. For example, like uh, you know a, a small prisoner release or some humanitarian gesture or something like that. Make sure it's really well publicized and put pressure on the Kremlin to to make a very small ameliorative gesture of its own that doesn't hurt them. Right. So if, if the Kremlin if the Kremlin refuses this, then Ukraine just gets stronger because, look, we did this ameliorative, we, we tried to stop this, we did this ameliorative gesture, and they didn't respond, right? So the West would become enraged. Uh, and the same way Kremlin, the Kremlin could do this in Ukraine right now. They could do some small ameliorative gesture, get it well publicized, um, and then uh, put pressure on Ukraine to do just some, some small uh, ameliorative gesture in response. Aim for what happened in Finland in 1940, where you have a short war. Uh, Finland is not radicalized to any large extent. Uh, the, 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 you, 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 Finland got, got a chance to establish that you don't mess with Finland, but Russia got enough ground, you know, they won enough territory to sort of bury their dead. Um, so that's what needs to probably be the aim of any peace in, in Ukraine, is try and repeat kind of what happened in Finland. Where you don't you don't get a you don't you, the country's not destroyed the war's short mm-hmm. uh, you, you there's no appeasement the line is drawn but uh, you know uh, you, you, Ukraine uh, gets to prove that it's the badass but uh, uh, Russia also you know gets a little bit of territory that's probably again it happened in the Finnish war and it was not such a bad outcome. So um, that's probably the aim here. I mean, it's better than it's better than appeasement, and it's better than nuclear war. Okay. Well, I think you should anyway. give Putin and Zelensky a call and and Let make know. that suggestion. Yeah. Um, I suspect they're yeah, not I listening wrote, to I us. Wrote, wrote, you know, while we're on <laughs> the subject of Ukraine, I learned an interesting thing today, which is 
uh, Facebook has changed its policy, mm-hmm. and it is no longer um, forbidden to praise the uh, the segment of the Ukrainian military, which is explicitly neo-Nazi. There's this concept, I call it the Tokyo Rose process. So Tokyo Rose, you know, she used to report Japanese victories closer and closer to Tokyo. <laughs> right? right? Uh, and it's just sort of the same way with this, like the initial complaint about us was like, well, you're just some protesters at a building. And then, then it was, well, you're just, you're just have some legislation. Well, now you, now you're just some people who have legislation with seven co-sponsors. Oh, now you're just people that have legislation that's gone all the way through the process and had a three-hour hearing and 75 people showed up to support it. Oh, but now you're just these people that, that, that you know, uh, that had the House vote on it. Uh, you know, so we, what? And now you're just these people that have massive publicity. Yeah. So we're, just, we, we're, we're moving forward. Yeah, oh, and, yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting because it's actually looking at this from a different perspective. They didn't vote to table it. Uh, you know, they could they have tried. Just, they tried, and they could have just gotten rid of it and, and not had three hours of, It you wasn't know, three hours, it was a half hour. A half hour of the debate or, hour, or whatnot. Uh, hearing he's, was the one we were at. Yeah, he's referring to the open session where anyone could testify. But yeah, um, Ridley, one other thought before you, uh, before you go. What do you think should be next? What should we do differently in the next year? Um, should this thing be brought up as is a second time, or should there be a different approach uh, this coming year or what? Well, one of the state reps a couple of months ago, um, the, she, she was declining to become a co-sponsor. And she told me, uh, I, you know, she wanted a study committee. Um, and um, so there is some support for study committee. So I heard y'all's conversation. I thought it was fairly interesting about how Southern states defeated. I can't speak for every Southern state, but I know that Georgia um, essentially, our Georgia State Congress voted on it in '63 uh, to secede. Okay, so um, it wasn't put to a vote of the people; it was just the Congress directly who said they won out. No, and and the way that the Georgia, the way that the Georgia school system wants you to understand Georgia sovereignty is, um, we separated ourselves from Great Britain. Um, and then we chose to unite ourselves with the United States. Um, mm-hmm. And then in 1863, we chose to walk away from that agreement. Um, and then depending on who you listen to after that, um, either A, um, the evil United States uh, forced us back in um, with violence and reconstruction, or B, um, we lost the war, therefore we had to submit. Um, and so that's, that's one state. I can't speak for the other six, but that's one state. Hmm. I, I'm go. curious though, when they voted, was it a law that they passed or was it a constitutional amendment? How did they, how did that was, come to be? A law. I like the idea of the constitutional, um, amendment because it requires a super majority. Yeah. And so there's no one who can say, oh, that was just a fluke vote or whatever. Oh, you got 51% by a nose, right? Uh, most people still didn't want this. They just didn't show up at the poll. No, if you get 67% of the people who vote to say goodbye to the United States, I mean, that's a pretty much a mandate at that point. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. It wasn't even close, right? Mm. So uh, so that's good. And plus, it then has to get through 60% of the state House and 60% of the state Senate. So the bar is high, and that means it's going to be difficult to accomplish that. We have a lot to do in order to make this thing possible.
And one of the things that needs to get done is some of these pro-America, pro-Union, pro-Empire state reps, they got to get voted out. I yeah, mean, they just sure. have to get replaced. The modern Tories, and I mean, mm-hmm. and, and some of this again, some of this is we need to we need to throw more people up to run more liberty minded people yeah. up just to run for office because a lot of these people aren't hard to get elected. It's just numbers. You need to have enough yeah. people running in order to get them elected. If you just don't have anybody running against the only opponent, you know, if there's only one person running and they're not one of your people, there's no way for your people to get elected into office to to actually change make the change. So this is one of the reasons why, you know, you need to have more people moving and, you know, absolutely moving and doing. And we have that. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. I just wanted to say that a rail runner, uh, the, there's a train service that goes from Albuquerque to Santa Fe. We now have the highest passenger um number ever um because of the the gas prices went up mm-hmm. so we have so many people riding the train and and i'm so excited and uh, we also upgraded we got you always fi- get happy when and, other people are not <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean well, well don't don't you think it's fun they're riding not the taking the train because train? they want to take the train they're taking the train because they're in economic pain that was a yeah. lot of in words there yeah, enjoying people's other people's suffering is e cringeworthy. I don't know if that's where she's coming from on this. Sarah just likes it when people use public transportation. I don't think that she's experiencing uh, Schadenfreude, where she's actually getting pleasure from other people's pain. Are you, Sarah? You're not getting pleasure from this, right? Oh no, no. I my my excitement is over people that. Uh, Public transportation. Yeah, see, she's yeah, just got a thing that. for a, ch- a choo-choo's. Okay. She likes a choo-choo, and so whenever people are on They've the choo-choo... They've got choo-choo, great trains in China. <laughs> you should visit at least. You, you might like it there. You know, I just want to say that we had a lot of problems when we were being the um, the ART, the uh, bus transit, the, the, a lot of people... But Whatever happened with that thing? You, you used to call in about the, this right. rapid transit, this uh, government right. boondoggle that was funded by the federal government or something, and it cost a ton of money. Did they ever well, finish that is, job? Well, well, well it, um, it has, and it's just wonderful. It's the best air conditioning. It's rapid, um, and it has really improved How our How many businesses our, our had cities? to die because of that? Because there were a lot of businesses that were shut down due to this thing being installed nearby wherever their business was, and it basically killed their business because no one could get into the parking lot because, you know, construction crews Ooh. out there for a year what? or whatever. Do you have any idea how many businesses went under because of this? Well, I don't, I don't really have the data, but, but that was the sacrifice. But it was some of them. Those people, you didn't wanna, they didn't want to give it. You're well, always I'm... happy to sacrifice somebody else. First, let me say I'm amazed that I must speak as to why this is a bad idea, not only logistically, but constitutionally. Why 
this is impossible, why it's improbable, and why it's a violation of our oath to the U.S. Constitution and to the state of New Hampshire's Constitution. It is none of those things, but we'll get into that as he uh, divvies up what he has to say. I mean, if New Hampshire became un, un, uh, uh, successfully seceded, it could well be that the uh, such government as we had here was closer to what the Constitution mandates than what they have in America, which is nowhere near what Absolutely. the Constitution... Yeah. I mean, the... If you're a friend of the Constitution, you should be figuring out how to put it out of its misery because it's being tortured. <laughs> yeah, as uh, Matt Sandinastasso, who's a free stater and a state representative, one of the co-sponsors on the bill, said in his speech, which we played that yesterday, uh, you know, he, he pointed out that the U.S. government has violated the Constitution countless times. <laughs> routinely. Yeah. If it was an agreement, it's been violated, yeah. like you said, over and over. And once a, con- once a contract has been breached... It ceases to be a contract. And and the crazy thing is, it's almost like if you're talking about like courts, it's almost impossible to get them to take your constitutional rights into account. I do not think this body should join such a group of states. We should not be joining those former Confederate states of America who were deemed treasons. You wouldn't be. If they (laughs) voted for this thing, all you would be doing is letting the people decide, which those other states didn't do, by the way. It was was in the southern states, the representatives, the delegates or whatever, who voted for secession, not the people themselves. It's also, you're still not, and another crazy thing about this is he's suggesting that we be joining the southern states like like during the Civil War. This isn't the Civil War, right? Like, we're not, we can't join, even if, even if that's... He's just saying we'd be bad boys like they were. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Guilt by crazy. We'd be in bad company. Even yeah, it's been 150 it's, years. That's just crazy, or whatever. Well, of course, if we did vote to secede, the other group of people that voted to secede from a union was the founding fathers mm-hmm. when they voted yeah. to secede from Great Britain, because which was we, illegal. We talk about the revolution. And the Civil War. Well, guess what? The Revolution wasn't a revolution, and the Civil War wasn't, wasn't a civil, civil War. Yeah. They were both wars of secession. Yeah, and, and you know what's interesting is it this this independence is more representative of not the Civil War, but the independence from Great Britain. Uh, yes. Both of them were empires, right? Yep. Um, you know, this one's worse, right? This one's worse. So if the taxes anything, are worse, the right. empire is worse. The warmongering uh, is worse. When he's giving this speech, you might hear some applause. It's the Democrats who are actually <laughs> applauding for his speech. Now, the Republicans, for the most part, voted against the uh, the independence bill as well. But for whatever reason, they weren't as applaudy as the uh, the Democrats in the audience. And we you can tell who the Democrats were because they all sat together. They all had masks on, all except for three of them. I, I counted. Are they still masky? Yeah. No. Oh, they, good God! I thought everybody. I thought everybody got over the no. pandemic once Putin they're cured it. They're still signaling. I've they're actually, still signaling you know, hard. It's, yeah, it's definitely interesting. I've actually noticed that there's still people wearing masks. And I, I think there was accounted in uh, what was it like Chipotle the other day? Mm-hmm. I think there was about twenty percent of the people in Chipotle were, were wearing a mask. Does now, that, that include the staff? That included the staff uh, as well. So mm-hmm. it might have been the lower. You know, if the if, if the staff. You know, we're not included. right because they're but, a corporate store, so they're right, all so they were mandated, up. possibly. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting because Keen, there is no mask mandate. I don't even think there's a mask mandate in New York anymore, right? 
I believe they got rid of it except for children in New York City. Wait, Which, the children are required to wear masks? Oh, oh yeah. Young, that's, young that's happening well, that all makes no sense. over the country. No. They're, they're making the oh, children wow. wear masks, even, they, even though they were never at risk from COVID. Nope. Um, and it's, it's, I, I think it's just part of trying to crate train the next generation. At least for New Hampshire, and I believe some other states as well, it predates the U.S. Constitution. And we still have the New Hampshire Constitution. So if it authorized it, then clearly it can take it away as well. And the New Hampshire Constitution also has provisions like the right to revolution, which very clearly (laughs) reserve the right to say, you know what, we can take down any government that we want to if we don't think it's working And doesn't even the United States uh, Constitution also include something of that provision as well? I I thought it did. The closest it comes is the Second Amendment, which implies... Right to bear arms, right to isn't read. that? Isn't that also the whole implication of that? Is is I mean, isn't that what they're always arguing when they're arguing against mm. gun rights? Is that the, the whole point of that was for a militia in order to? Yeah, but that's not explicit as to what the point of that. Okay, is. fair enough. But the the point is because the U.S. Constitution doesn't say anything about secession, it therefore is not prohibiting it. Right, and there it, is, and that is list. in the Constitution itself, where there, it says, uh, you know, anything that's not uh, reserved is is, is delegated to the state the, or the people. Uh, it's the Tenth Amendment. Tenth Amendment yeah. All that you're powers about. not explicit, not uh, delegated to the um, to the federal government are reserved to the states or the people thereof. Correct. So, of course, the federal government has the power to to admit. Right, you can't just join a club without permission. Right? <laughs> right, so of course they have a process to admit someone into the or a territory or whatever into the union. There is no process for leaving this union. Right, the union. We don't need a process because they didn't specify one. <laughs> there, there is no process. That's part of the good. That's actually good news. The fact that they didn't put a process in means we don't have to go and ask for permission to leave. Well, we can just say. It's over. I mean, and, we just and it, marched in. We can just march out. And, yeah. and here's the thing, too, right? There was a pro. If there was some sort of, there was, I guess, some sort of process to create the union. Then mm-hmm. why can't we do the same process in reverse? Well, again, we don't need to ask their permission. There doesn't need to be a vote in I Congress. I agree. We we don't. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, obviously, New Hampshire was part of the process to create the union, so the New Hampshire can be part of the process to remove itself from the union. Yeah, and and that process is: Do we want to go? Right. Yes, we want to go. <laughs> right. Goodbye. As mentioned in Texas versus White, 1869, Just Chief Justice Salmon P. Chase. Chief Justice Salmon P. Chase was appointed by. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. I, w- I wonder if he also voted on the uh, Dred Scott decision hmm. that, Good question. Uh, that said slavery was constitutional. Um, in this, in the, the case he's bringing up, this is the favorite case that the status, the union people love to bring up, is this Texas v. White. And there's an interesting article that I found over at one of the Texas uh, secession groups. I posted it on the NH Exit forum over at forum.shiresociety.com because it again it does always uh, get brought up but in short the decision that they made in this case doesn't actually cite any constitutional basis for the decision there's one thing i I think might be worth changing for next time around and that's to remove the word peaceful why it's not because we don't want peace i think it's just uh, it's it's i don't know i think it i think it's kind of to send a message you know we, i think we're peaceful tr- sends a message absolutely we want to keep it mm-hmm. um but i think the point of removing it is to say this can change 
change. It's not that we're advocating well, violence. Well, no. If they, if they want to change it, then they're the ones who are going to change it. We're, we're going to be peacefully But we're not seated. the ones advocating violence here, here, right? I understand that. So, but if you don't have that word in there, I think people can jump to a conclusion. People, and if it's in people there, it's are clear. already jumping to a conclusion, whether the word's in there mm-hmm. or not. I, I like having it having it in yeah. there. Um, I you know, it, there's no reason I do, for us. I do too. Not to be peaceful if we're attacked. I do too. Afterwards, then that's another matter. I do right. too. But I think it's kind of like the the porcupine. Um, in that, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're peaceful until you're attacked, right? Okay. So, and it kind of sends that message of well, this is all about you know, like you're saying, sending a message. Yep. You want to send a message that this is intended to be a peaceful movement. So I, I hope that, that uh, if that proposal gets, gets made for the next one, that it gets shot down. By bringing this to the people, we are aiding and abetting in the process of undermining the U.S. Constitution and violating our oaths of office. Oh, okay, okay, that's an interesting mm-hmm. argument I had not yet heard from this side of yeah. things. Yeah. I, I wonder if he's saying that, that, it, that it's uh, treason, because it is treason to... Uh, to aid and abet the enemies of the uh, of of the of the United States. Do, does the United States regard the people of the United States as, the as enemy? its enemy? I mean, what? How does it undermine the Constitution? I'm trying to understand this because the Constitution doesn't. It, it makes doesn't the Constitution say stronger leave. because then you don't have to uh, you don't have to get rid of the federal government. Yeah, I don't know. The Constitution doesn't say, the U.S. Constitution doesn't say you can't leave, as we were pointing out. I'm not really sure how this undermines the U.S. Constitution. It's pure fear-mongering. He's just pandering to the love of the Constitution. Oh, you wouldn't want to break that down now, would you? But yeah, it's the, what he forgets is that that love of the Constitution is based on its promise to protect us from all of the things that the federal government is already doing now. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I could go on regarding the 14th Amendment and a myriad of, you know, this open question of what is rebellion, which is not defined in the U.S. Constitution, which, quite frankly. But it's defined in plenty of places. I mean, you can easily look up rebellion and it always has to do with arming yourself and using violence against the state. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast. Listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.